You're listening to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, and I'm here to help facilitate conversations around what it means to step into your confidence so you can live the life you want, not the one you think you should. Join me as we talk about body and self-acceptance, nutrition, movement, and mindset so that you can uncover what dulls your sparkle so you can shine. With that, let's go to the show. Okay, friends, here we go. We are diving into episode two of the Reveal series. The Reveal series is kind of an offshoot of the Captivatingly Confident podcast. It's like under that umbrella. And it was kind of birthed last year as a way for me to take the conversation a little bit deeper. For the last 112 episodes of the Captivatingly Confident podcast, we've tackled some really tough topics. We've laughed, we've cried, we've cheered, we've booed. There's been a lot of stuff that we've accomplished in the last 15 months. And I'm so excited and nervous and a little shaky uh, to take this conversation to the next level. And I don't want to do it all the time, which is why the reveal episodes are one one a month. And we're going to tackle some tough topics. And part of me is a little bit nervous, and I want to explain to you where I'm coming from, um, because I feel like I want us to all be on the same page. And we're talking, for example, today about boundaries. And friends, I am not an expert on boundaries. <laughs> this is not something that I would check off an expertise box for. It's something that I have a lot of experience with and something that I feel fairly comfortable doing for myself and for kind of talking other people through. But I'm not an expert, right? I haven't written books on it. And so there's a little bit of a not enoughness vibe that I feel here. And I just want to be honest with you about it. And so this is going to be more of an experiential reveal episode versus coming at it from a um, expert level, if that makes any sense at all. So just know that going forward, that reveal episodes are more me desiring to reveal some of the things that I've worked through as a way to encourage you to start to share your story because that's how we heal. We heal by processing. We heal by sharing and connecting. And I fully believe in the power of that. And I want to use this platform as a way to do that and to give you permission to heal, to give you permission to connect and to say, hey, I struggle with this too. And to find hope and to find a place to receive some healing. And that's the whole dream and vision that I have for Reveal is that it creates a space where we can have hard conversations where you walk away feeling like you're not alone and that you can start to practice confidence in who you are and what you're about by revealing some of the things that are keeping you stuck. And a lot of times this has to do with trauma and that's happened and something that has been so, so powerful for me is doing brain spotting. And a few episodes ago, I got to sit down with Esther Prelog, who has a neurofeedback 
practice in Beaverton, Oregon, and she is, oh my gosh, incredible. And we break down three of the somatic processes that are used to help people process trauma, and that's neurofeedback, EMDR, and brain spotting. And I cannot recommend that episode enough. It's one of the most popular episodes of the show. Out of 113 episodes, that one probably has the most downloads out of all of them because it's such a powerful tool and it has changed my life in ways that I never thought it could and I never expected. So if you are feeling stuck, feeling like there are invisible barriers to you getting to the life that you want, then I can't recommend going back and listening to that episode. It is I can't not recommend (laughs) going back and listening to that episode because it's these modalities are so powerful. And I could talk about them all day, Um, but we're going to talk about boundaries. So boundaries get a bad rap because it sounds almost selfish to set a boundary. And we think of boundaries as fences, and they separate, they divide, they shut people out, and that's simply not true. Boundaries are very subjective. You'll have different boundaries for different things. If you lack boundaries, then you're probably feeling taken advantage of, You probably feel like you are always having to say yes. Maybe you feel like saying no is really hard. Maybe there are people that come into your life that cause pain, but yet you don't know what to do about it. Maybe you keep falling into behavior patterns that don't serve. If these are any struggles for you, there's a chance that you lack boundaries. And how I like to think of boundaries as is that they're a form of self-care, that I can care for myself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually by setting up parameters for what I'm willing to engage in and what I'm not, how I'm willing to be treated and how I'm not. Because we, treat pe- we teach people how to treat us by what we allow. And when you have a firm boundary, you say, you know what, this behavior I will not tolerate. I will not be treated this way. And you teach people. And they can respond a couple of ways, but most often they can respond with, oh, wow, I didn't realize that. Here, let me adjust. Or they say, well, that's your problem. And make it about you. And they're not willing to budge. So boundaries can be solid. They can be semi-permeable. They can be flexible and fluid. Or they can be very rigid. And the ability to draw on different types of boundaries is an art form. And it takes practice to recognize when a boundary is needed. Boundaries can look like creating routines that set you up for success, especially around evening time. Having a bedtime routine is a form of a boundary that says, I know the importance of sleep. And I'm going to create a boundary around it to protect it, to protect myself and my physical health. You can set up boundaries around people. If there are people who 
cause you to question yourself or to doubt yourself or comparison, or they are verbally, emotionally, or even physically abusive, creating boundaries to say, no, I will protect my emotional, physical, mental self, and I will not be treated this way. You can create boundaries even with food, knowing that there are certain foods that make you feel awesome and certain foods that don't, and creating boundaries around the ones that don't make you feel as awesome. And sometimes you have them, sometimes you don't, but you have a permeable boundary that says, hey, I want to protect my physical body and I want to incorporate these foods, but not so much these. It's not that they're good or bad. It's just that you've done the work and you know which ones serve and which ones most often don't. You have a boundary. Boundaries can be applied in all areas of life, not just in relationships. Boundaries around your time keep you sane. This is why you use a schedule. A schedule is a form of a boundary. Using lists are a form of boundaries. They require self-discipline and awareness. Awareness of how you want to be treated, how you want to spend your time, how you want to show up in the world. Boundaries are so important for this. And one of the hardest boundaries to set is that with other people. This can be family members, it can be friends, coworkers, people in authority. Having boundaries can be really challenging, especially when the other person does not understand or doesn't have the emotional maturity to respect your boundary. So the title of this episode is Why I Don't Talk to My Dad. And I don't want to get too deep into specifics because I do want to respect my father and to protect him, but I also want to reveal and to heal and to share and connect. So let's navigate these tricky waters, shall we? So after my mother passed away in 2004, I found out that my dad uh, was diagnosed previously with a mental disorder. And that was news to me as my mom was my human boundary that I didn't know was there. She set herself as the boundary between my dad and I so that I didn't, wasn't impacted by his mental illness directly. And after she was gone, I was left with basically a new dad that I didn't really recognize. And of course, losing the love of his life rocked his world and shook him up. And he made decisions that were interesting. Um, And I'm not going to air his dirty laundry, but I'll just suffice it to say, many decisions were made that were very hurtful, very hurtful to me as an 18, 19-year-old woman. And these decisions that he would make directly impacted my emotional well-being. And it was hard because there was a lot of back and forth between the two of us. And we're both Eller Brooks and very, very stubborn and strong-willed. And when we dig our heels in, that's it. And so there would be years where we wouldn't talk to each other. And we would come together and patch things up and try to make it work. And because of his illness, that has not been sustainable. And so 
when we speak, there is a lot of guilt thrown on me, a lot of shoulds placed on me, and a lot of risk um, to be in relationship with him. And after basically about 12, oh gosh, 13 years. So it's been 15 since my mother passed away. So for the last 13 years, with the back and the forth and the ups and the downs and the instability and the basically just not knowing when a bomb was going to be dropped, uh, I decided that enough was enough. And so I decided to draw a very firm boundary that said, I will have a relationship with you, my dad, but not with his wife. And that did not go well. It was not received well at all. And it was thrown back on me because he does not have the emotional maturity, in my opinion, to respect that boundary. And the decision was made, basically, that he did not think that that was going to work. And so he has chosen to step back as I have chosen to step back. So, I don't speak to my dad. It has been, oh goodness, I think we're on month seven or eight at this point. And like I've said, we've done this before. And there's been reparations that have tried to be made. And it always comes back to the same issue of not being able to be emotionally safe around the two of them. And so, being willing to risk being emotionally unprotected with my dad, but that not being an option on his end um, has led to this boundary. And the tricky thing about boundaries is, is that most people on the outside looking in will not understand. They won't get it. They'll think you are wrong when you create a boundary. And you have to be firm in your convictions. I am firm in my convictions that I am not emotionally safe in the presence of these two individuals. That is my decision. And it's hard. And there are days when I'm sad. But I know that this is what is right for me. And it's tragic as he's missing out on one and a half grandbabies. But that is his choice. And his choice affirms my boundaries. And so if you have someone in your life that puts you at risk emotionally, mentally, and physically, or any one of those, boundaries are critical to protect yourself. And people on the outside may not understand, and it's not your job to convince them. It is not your job to explain yourself to anybody. Your boundaries are yours. You know your heart. You know to what extent you are willing to put yourself out there. And friend, you are worth every boundary in the world. And I'm sorry that you have to set them up. In a perfect world, eh, there'd be no boundaries. (laughs) We'd all be emotionally mature and we could all respect each other and it would be no issues. And that's simply not the case. And there are people with which you need to establish a boundary. 
And it doesn't matter what other people say. I mean, obviously, you have your trusted circle, right? You have your inner circle of people that you can say, hey, here's the situation that keeps happening. Here's what I want to do about it. What do you think? And then take your opinion and go with what your gut says. Go with what your heart says is right. And that doesn't mean that once you set a boundary, it cannot be changed. If your boundary is set and the other person decides, hey, this boundary doesn't work for me, what can I do different? How can I adjust so that we don't have this boundary anymore? Then awesome, great, change the boundary if it feels good to you. If they are unwilling to change, then you hold your boundary. Like I said, before my dad and I had had, I believe it was three or four years where we didn't speak. And that boundary was shifted and for a time was removed and then promptly set up again per a terrible explosion that happened Thanksgiving four years ago. No, it was five years ago. Six? Oh, goodness. I think it was six years ago. Yeah. But there was a breach of emotional security that was not okay. And I could not allow that to happen again. And so that is what boundaries can look like. And it's important to, again, be rooted in your conviction about being aware of what you will be tolerant of, what you can brush off, and what deeply impacts and wounds you. If you have someone that is consistently wounding you, boundaries to keep yourself safe. And again, it doesn't matter. You don't need to convince anybody else about your boundary. I think it's good to have a conversation with the other person and say, hey, this is the behavior that you're exhibiting and it hurts me. And if it, if it can't be changed, then I need to have a boundary. Maybe it looks like we only speak this many times. Maybe it looks like we don't speak at all. Maybe it looks like if you shift this behavior. Obviously, you're not in control of making people change. You cannot make other people change. And it's futile to wish that they did. Acceptance of where other people is at is critical. I accept the fact of where my dad is. He wants to blame me and should me. And I will not be shoulded. And his blame is way off base because of his illness. He doesn't play by normal people rules. And people with specific wounding, right? He has many childhood wounds that are not healed. He has much trauma that is not healed. And that is what fuels a lot of his decisions. And that, that understanding allows me to have empathy. So my boundary doesn't come from a place of anger. My boundary comes from a place of peace. Do I like his behavior? Absolutely not. Do I feel sad about it? Yes. Do I feel bad about it? Sometimes. Do I get frustrated that my dad is missing out on my children's lives? Yes. That happens. But I'm also comforted to know that I don't have to deal with the emotional abuse, that I don't have to deal with his wounding. But it's coming from a place of peace. If you erect a boundary out of fear, out of anger, 
then it's good to check yourself first and to do your work of healing inner child wounds, of healing your trauma. Especially if you're easily triggered by someone. What, it is, what is it in you that's getting triggered by this other person? It's interesting how we, we project our own stuff onto other people, and particularly our own wounding onto other people, which is why I love brain spotting, because it helps to process that inner wounding so that it doesn't cause the triggering, so that you can then set up boundaries from a place of peace and healing versus a place of fear and anger or sadness. And then the boundaries are healthier and they protect you. And they are a form of self-care because you are teaching other people how to treat you. And if you think you deserve to be treated like trash, then you have no boundaries and you take anything that comes your way. But friend, I encourage you to raise the bar. Raise your standard of how you let people treat you. Maybe you're stuck in a friendship that wounds you. Or it triggers you. Or it hurts you. Creating boundaries around that friendship or even releasing a friendship that triggers you can be so empowering. It's hard to do, but it can be empowering. Some friends are there for a season and some are there for a longer period of time. And some people come back. One of my favorite podcast episodes is on the Lewis Howes podcast, The School of Greatness. And it's all about the law of attraction. Oh, I love that episode so much. And one of the speakers on this episode said that you never jettison people out of your life. You don't ever fully close the door because that hardens your heart. But you always leave a space. But you control that space. And again, you have the criteria for the boundaries. If this change in behavior occurs, then there's a chance for reconciliation and reparation and moving forward with maybe a different boundary. But boundaries are critical for your self-care friend. Again, you teach other people how to treat you by the boundaries that you have set. So that is that. Oh, sorry for... Sorry for the lack of juicy details. These are challenging episodes for sure in that I want to protect other people, but I also want to be honest and to share. And this is something that I have not shared very much about. I do go into a little bit more detail on a podcast interview that I did with Kathleen Peters. She's amazing. And she has a podcast called What She Wishes You Knew. And it's all about hard conversations. And her first few episodes are on grief. And she really opens up amazing conversation about things that are just really challenging. So if you want to head over to that podcast episode, uh, What She Wishes You Knew podcast, it's a two-parter. The first part is about um, the grief of losing my mom. And I really dive into that more than I ever have before. And then the second episode is about my struggles with faith. And the first reveal episode, which you can find on the show as well, uh, is about deconstructing my Christian faith. So lots of tricky topics. It's a little 
It's a little vulnerable to put all this out there, but my hope and prayer is that by hearing my story and my experience, that you will find the ability to make empowering choices about yourself and what you will tolerate and what you won't and what you will expand and what you will constrict around as far as how you're treated and how you value yourself because you are amazing and you deserve to be surrounded by amazing people. And by doing your own work, you make that a reality. By doing the work of healing the places that are wounded. (sighs) Thank you, friend. Thank you for being here. Thank you for hearing me. I would love, love, love your feedback. I always want your feedback. And I love the emails that I get from you on a weekly basis. It's so much fun. Um, If you have thoughts about this episode, if you have questions about boundaries, I'm happy to chat with you about it. You can contact me a few different ways. Kim at CaptivatinglyConfident.com is my email. You can find me on Instagram at Kim.Ludeman. And you can also find me on Facebook through the Captivatingly Confident community. You can PM, DM, or email me. (laughs) If you have my phone number, feel free to text. Okay. May you go forth from this day, valuing yourself, knowing that you are worth setting up boundaries and that you are going to give yourself grace and compassion as you learn how to teach people how to treat you. I love you. I'm so proud of you. And I'll see you next time. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Captivatingly Confident. I am so excited that you're here and investing in yourself. If you want to learn more about Captivatingly Confident, you can visit my website, captivatinglyconfident.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at kim.ludeman. Thank you so much for hanging out today. If you would like to, I invite you to subscribe to the show and also to leave a rating and review on iTunes. Every single review means so, so much to me, and it helps to get the word about Captivatingly Confident out and to help change women's lives. I'll see you next time.